going to tell you a little story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food, and up through the ground came a bubbling crude. <laughs> Gold, that is. Or I Great. think it was Texas tea or something yeah, yeah, like that. something like that. I haven't uh, seen that in a while. Well, that's all I'm going to go with, Manny. Oh, that's perfect, Kim. Thanks so much, man. Uh, welcome back to the show. Glad to be here, Manny. Video, we, I know we did a show with you, but it was audio. But now, that since we got cameras everywhere, let's do a show. First, congratulations Thanks. on your 300th show. Oh, we just crossed it. That is Lots incredible. Yeah. And your new digs here. It's good. We yeah. always bump into you. You're across the hall right now these days. But it's nice being here, setting up here and uh, talking shop. You did a great job. I always tell Angelina every time we're coming to the studio and, and we're going through the parking lot, if I see a pickup truck, the guest is here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just how it is. Kim Pillar's back on the show. Uh, Sandler, Sandler, right? Sandler. Sandler sales training and uh, com And it's kim.pillar at sandler.com. And it's kim underscore pillar. Or Instagram. Or Instagram. And also on Instagram. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, this is a particular favorite subject of mine because everybody in construction doesn't really want to do this. Uh, they don't really want to focus on it, spend the time on it. They'd rather be buying new tools, using new tools, working in new tools, all that stuff. Everything to do with tools, but they forget that this is a tool. This is an important tool. So we're going to talk sales. We're going to talk business. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. So I'm just curious. Where do you want to begin, Kim? Well, let's actually just where you started off, uh, Manny, is this is a topic that, you know, nobody wants to talk about yeah. um honestly if i go to any type of a social event and people say oh kim what do you do i do sales training people literally run away from me <laughs> they just don't want to talk about it to, to start off particularly for the trades manny is people are doing this job because they love it yeah they got a passion for it and that's one of the things that i see often in when you're messaging and speaking about people you talk about people's passion um their passion was not sales though their passion was to do whatever they got into for the trades so the sales part of it is they, they, i just want to do my job i don't want to sell so how do we convince a tradesperson to find some love in the sales part of this i think if they can find some love manny it's to realize that if they can do a better job of increasing the revenue and doing the sales part of it they can do a better job at their passion. Is it almost like, Kim, a cause and effect where when they build something, they see what they've done for the day. They achieve, they have their goals, they have their scope, they do the work. So they see what they've done at the end of the day. But when I guess it comes to the paperwork and the business and trying to make the business profitable or better or grow, they don't really see it right away. So is it because they, just, they can't visualize these steps that they need to take that are so critical in their business? I, I think that's part of it, Manny, but I think it just goes to the, there are two different activities. Yeah. I like the activity of doing my trade. I don't like the activity of doing books. I don't like the activity of trying to find a new client. That's not what I want to do. I want to do my trade. But the fact is, if you have your business, you need to do these other things as well. Yeah. So I, I just say to certain people, I just say, you know what, you might not like to do this. You just need to do it. That's all. So where would you say they should begin or how? I think one thing, Manny, is people look at the sales part of a, a job as they don't like it because many people, they say, I don't like selling people. And I agree with that. I totally agree with that. It's hard. I'll ask you a question. Do you like to be sold? 
I like to be sold if I want to learn something so I can use it for my own sales tactics. Okay. I don't like to be sold most of the time, though. Okay. What I say to people if they come into my training classes, I say, if you're going to come into my class, I'm going to teach you how not to sell. Okay. Yeah, and that's I get that. Okay. People say, okay, okay, what do you mean by that? Yeah. You're the sales guy. Yeah, exactly. What I do is that then I ask them, say, I'll ask the question again, do you really like to be sold? So if you're in an, uh, in an environment uh, buying a car, a TV set, and you know when somebody's trying to sell you, do you like that feeling? I don't. That's, I do not teach that. Okay. Because most people don't do that. So what I do in my training classes, and this is really what Sandler is all about, is we teach you how to have a business conversation during that business conversation, you talk about business. At the end of the conversation, a business decision is made. It's either a yes or a no. Nobody's selling anybody. But I, I set it up in a way and teach people to have a conversation with somebody that you're not selling somebody. So just on that very fact alone, Manny, in talking about tradespeople that don't like to sell, I'm teaching you how not to sell, but how to get business because it's a business conversation. And at the end of the day, you have to be careful or, or comfortable that the answer could be a no, but that's okay. It was just a no for whatever reason. It could be because of uh, people didn't have the right resources, they didn't have enough money, uh, they didn't, whatever. There wasn't, there was a business decision made. I got to say no. And you say, okay, great, I'll move on. Let me tell you about a situation that just happened recently with me where I had somebody who comes, came with me on a meeting. He's a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And I asked him to come to this meeting because I wanted to get his perspective on something. So we had the meeting, and I was more about having the discussion of, I guess, the deliverables, mm -hmm. the benefits behind the deliverables. I'm trying to skirt this because yep. I can keep my own business private, right? Mm -hmm. But he was there, and during the course of the meeting and the presentation, yeah, so he was beside me, and, and our prospect was in front of us. Um, and all of a sudden, he started becoming aggressive. I thought he was aggressive to the point where he was using facts of technology changing. So he was talking about how we're in a different landscape nowadays. So basically, we have a new product and we're trying to sell something new and we're trying to get into an existing format. But he was getting aggressive social, like sales-wise. Mm -hmm. I thought he was a little too much and then kept on asking the prospect the same question, was getting the same answer in return, was asking the prospect again the same question, was still getting the same answer. And I just started thinking, why is this question still being asked and it's been answered, right? But it wasn't answered fully to his liking. So this went on for a little while and I didn't really say anything or speak up or do anything because I just wanted to play it out. Mm -hmm. So it just kept on going about, sure, we can talk about doing this if we go down this path, but basically what is happening in today's society is we're headed this way instead of this way. So I don't understand why you guys are not following us or going this route, right? So that went back and forth, back and forth. A lot of, listen, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to piss you off. I'm not trying to do all this other stuff, right? But I felt in the back of my head, he was pissing him off he was becoming aggressive then we're we're saying our pleasantries to say goodbye and the prospect turns around and says something that i was shocked by he goes you're a great negotiator and i was like okay well let me just how did that all play out so then we talked about it afterwards we left the meeting and everything and we started discussing it he continued his aggressive kind of manner and he's like there's a reason why i did it that way manny there's a reason why i was I guess, poking the bear, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, fine. And I'm at the point where I'm going to leave it alone. 
I didn't follow through with the prospect. I didn't continue. I didn't disagree. I didn't agree. I just left it alone. And I'm curious now, how is that going to play out now? Because I felt in a business, he was a little aggressive, but I started thinking back in my earlier days when I was trying to get new things started, I might have been aggressive in the beginning to try to, why don't you just try it? Why don't you just buy it? Why don't you, like, and I started thinking, was I like that or wasn't I like that? So I'm just, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Was he wrong or right? But again, I'm still waiting to play it out. I want to see what's going to happen next week, right? If, if this guy follows through and goes, okay, yeah, we're interested. And then I'll be like thinking, okay, so maybe it did work. So thoughts on that? I start off with there's no right or wrong. Okay. It's whatever you choose to do. So you can choose to be in a selling mode and try to sell somebody and be aggressive. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, most people, that's what scares people about sales, though, is being that aggressive and just trying to sell somebody. Um, what, what, again, I teach many is people, the best way to do it is, it sounds like the, the, the story that you just explained here, what I would have done it if I was in that situation, I, I would teach more and I would be more focused on the prospect. What do they need? What do they want? It really doesn't matter what I have because if you have a business conversation, it is if what I have doesn't fit what the prospect wants, then that's a no. It's okay. I don't need to force them to take what I have. You can still do that if you choose to do it. What if the prospect is stuck in time? What if they're so used to, we've always done it this way, mm -hmm. and we were not really comfortable trying to do it this way, which is a new way of presenting. So you've got a new business, new tradesperson, new hook, yep. or new whatever, right? And they're trying to present their business in a new light, but it's not exactly the way that it's always been done. It's going to come across a little weird to a prospect, and all of a sudden they might say, I've always done it this way. I'm going to stay this way. I'm going to stay with this person. I'm going to stay with this widget. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what I would do is, and I, I call that uh, questioning strategies. Okay. And so again, tr still trying not to sell your product, but engage the prospect into a deeper conversation. Why do they like that? They will say why. And in questioning strategy, I say, tell me more about that. So I want to know more why and why. And then I'd ask a particular question down the line at whatever level and just say, would you ever look at other opportunities? What would that look like? So instead of trying to sell them what I have, it's using what, again, called questioning strategies, is to find out more about them of what they really want. And at the end of the day, they might turn a little bit and say, well, okay, tell me what you have. Why, why do I want to do that? So you're using questioning strategies to drill down more as opposed to trying to sell your product. It still may come out as a no, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that I did like when we first chatted on the first show with you. It wasn't always about me. Mm -hmm. It was always about them and you trying to understand them, try to figure out what are they really looking for because they may not be right face value in front of you saying you're thinking that they want you to build them a new kitchen, whatever it is. But that might not be the whole story. It might be deeper than that. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure that out first. So I guess in their first communication, don't try to sell them at all. Like, try to figure out them at first and go from there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If, if again, if going back to if you're trying to sell them, it's about you. Yeah. If you do the questioning strategies, it's all about them. At the end of the day, this might sound a little weird. At the end of the day, they don't really care about you and what you have. All they, all they care is about themselves. If you're selling them, it's about you. And you can still win that way. 
But you have to remember at the end of the day, if you got the order, you got it because you sold them. And that's okay if that's what you want to do. So how does it trace percent of people like, okay, there's a potential recession happening next year. Everyone's getting nervous. We're trying to figure out, we're all tightening our belts and especially construction people. They start getting pressured because they start thinking, I need to get a sale. I need to find a sale. I need to get some sort. I got to do something. Whether it's, I can't get a whole house, I'm going to get a bathroom. I need yep. to get a bathroom. So it's like, how do we, are they just going to try to throw as many darts to the board as possible and see what sticks? I think at that time, or at this time, uh, yeah, you just have to get out there. You, you need to talk to more people because there's going to be more no's. So you just, wherever, whatever venues you can get out to speak with, whatever you can do. Again, Manny, you're great. You're, uh, you're always on Instagram. You're yeah. always posting things. Yeah. Uh, there's a few people that I follow that follow you, and they're out there, and they're getting their name out there. They're uh, being creative on their messages. You need to do that today more than ever. More on a digital landscape than an actual in-person? Are we still trying to connect in person? I say find that combination. I think certainly digital world is more today, but then what what does that in-person connection look like today? Are we losing out on opportunities where we go grocery shopping, we see somebody, and there might be an opportunity to plant a seed there or something like that? I don't know. Are we missing out on these advantages like or if, if you're not thinking about it yes you're missing out on those advantages because everyone's got their head down and they're not thinking that there might be an opportunity to meet somebody in an interesting situation to say hello introduce yourself have a conversation don't try to sell have a conversation yep. and then maybe fate just dictates well wait a minute this person might be looking for a rental i was at a dinner last week um sat down with somebody that i had met just casually somewhere else I always take that opportunity to find out what they do, what their business is, how's it going. And this individual said that they're having a little bit of a tough time with it. So I just, I just actually engage in my questioning strategies. I say, tell me what that looks like. Ends up that he probably has the same issue with most people. And again, as we're talking about trades, prospecting, where are you finding new clients? That's, used, that's pretty well number one where most people talk to me. They say, new clients, prospecting, having a hard time finding them. Again, in my questioning strategy, I just said, what are you doing? What does that look like? What's happening? So are you just constantly asking questions once the first, second, you just keep on going? I, I go down probably, uh, I'll probably drill down many to about, uh, depending on the individual, maybe four or five questions. Okay. And then how I'll end off, I'll just say, hey, you know, for this person at the dinner, hey, you know, hey, we're at the dinner here. It's nice to find out a little bit more. Uh, it sounds like we have more to talk about. Do you want to talk next week? we have meeting planned for next thursday and then it just keeps on growing from that point yep is it worth doing the same thing with your competition because you got to be looking at if you're a tradesperson you're in the industry and you're looking at other businesses and you're thinking they're successful they've got a lot of work going on is it worth reaching out to them and just going listen i just want to pick your brain wondering how you're successful would they allow to to, to answer you kind of thing or are they just going to go like shoo away like i don't want to deal with you right now my quick hit on that, Manny, is connect with whoever you can connect Just with. Just keep on doing that. Keep keep the conversations going. Get as many no's as possible, but then you never know. Someone might want to actually just tell you what's really going on. They might tell you at the other t uh, at their other end. Uh, you might require their services at time or vice versa that they might say, hey, you know what? I was meeting with uh, Manny the other day. We're kind of competitors, but I need his help on, on a job. Okay. So talk to people. Just communication. Just dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, never stop. That's it. And then it just keeps on leading to something. 
Yeah, just uh, uh, I'll say my my wife jokes to me. She says, "What are you doing today?" Uh, she says, "Are you throwing spaghetti on the wall?" I said, "Always, <laughs> always, always." Yeah, it never stop. It just never stop. I was reading a book the other day, and uh, and one of the things in the book it said, you know, even if you've been really successful, and let's just say the last three months, you know, I've had a really good three months. Uh, it never rest on that success. Always go out there. Always communicate. Don't say that life is going to be good for the rest of my life because it won't be. You know, just like today, we got ups and downs. Now, now we're going into maybe a big downturn. We had uh, we had a guest on recently uh, from the U.S. I'm trying to remember where exactly. Brett, he was from uh, Mosul Bamboo, and he was talking about his earlier days when he was a salesperson back in the '90s. How he would just do a lot of traveling, go into a hotel room, and rip out a whole <laughs> section of the yellow pages of businesses that he wanted to just bombard, and that's how he did it. He just yep. got the name, got the number, and just reached out, just reached out, and just kept on reaching out. And he got his leads that way. Yep. He got his meetings that way, and he just started getting his sales from that way. So I guess people nowadays, but there's that fear, there's that anxiety, there's that insecurity of trying to reach out and getting all these negative responses or even no responses. How do we overcome that? Uh, that's pretty well. Again, 99% of the population suffers from that. Now you say population of salespeople or people yeah. that need to do sales. Yeah. Nobody's comfortable with it. Uh, the way you do get somewhat comfortable is you just do it on a regular basis. And um, one of the things that we teach actually in Sandler is that very thing. And we try to talk to people, just say like in our day-to-day -day lives, uh, we have our work role. And in this part of my work role, I'm going to be doing some prospecting calls. If somebody hangs up on me or yells at me, I'm just trying to do my job, move on to the next person. What we want to do is, that. so that's our R, the I is our identity. Our identity is who we are as a person. We're, you're a 10, I'm a 10, everybody's a 10. We're not less than a 10. Uh, don't confuse the two, even though it's hard to do that, but we talk about it and teach it so that when you need to do the prospecting, it's a little easier to do. But it's just your a role in your job. I do prospecting calls on a regular basis. I think all in 2000 and uh, to, from 2019 to now, I might have had three people hang up on me. Really? Yeah, out of a few hundred calls. I don't think I've ever had anybody hang up on me. If you think about it, when you call people and you start talking to them, they're just they're polite about it. I've had three people hang up all the time, huh? Yeah. Is it better to make? Uh, I, it's it's working. Thanks. <laughs> Is it better to make phone calls and just get to that point? A lot of people I find, especially with the last two three years are going on, they're like. Wow, someone's calling me. Like it's this is where I was expecting a text or I was expecting an email or a DM or something like that. Is the phone call? I find the phone call the best. Yeah. Uh, and for the many is you want to have a conversation with somebody. It's hard to have a conversation in a text or, or an email back and forth. So if I can call somebody and they pick up the phone call, I, right off the bat, I'm actually just honest with them. Uh, so if, I, if I'm if i calling you, Manny, you don't know me, you pick up the call, uh, I just say, oh, hey, Manny, uh, my name's Kim. Just to be perfectly honest with you, I'm actually doing a prospecting call for my business. With that said, can you just give me 30 seconds of your time? At the end of the 30 seconds, you decide whether or not it's worth to have a further conversation with me. So within that very short time span, it's amazing. People heard my name because at the end, whether or not it's at the end of the 30 seconds or we have a five-minute talk, most people say, Kim, thanks for the call. They, like within that, they remembered my name. I, I was surprised that when I first started to do this. The other thing, there's some key words there is 
one, I'm being honest with them. Yeah. I'm telling them, hey, I'm doing a prospecting call. And at the end of it, I say, at the end of 30 seconds, Manny, you, so I'm giving you permission. I said, you decide whether or not it's worth speaking more or not. I had another... A lot of interesting things going on these days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, um, I, I was talking to somebody who was trying to sell me, but then the conversation started to turn where I was trying to sell him. And then we finally got to a middle ground where let's finally get to numbers. And then I wanted to know his number, but he was, he turned it around on me and I thought it was kind of clever. And he said to me, um, listen, you think about it. You think about what your time is worth, your value, and you give me a number. And I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. Caught me off guard by doing that. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was a really interesting kind of just to play. It was almost a tennis match back and forth with this conversation about he's looking for something. I'm looking for something. We're both in the middle and we're trying to get to it. But then he left it in my wheelhouse to figure out what do I first offer? Um, what do you think of that? Like, how is, was that just sales tactic kind of business? I, I, one, I love what happened there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess it could be a sales tactic. What you, what I heard you say there and what I say to some of my prospects, when it's not really quite clear of, of where we might meet in the middle, I use the words, let's co-create. Okay. Normally I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to go down this road. This person's thinking normally they're going to go down this road, but you have a conversation where, it, you know what? I still want to stay engaged with this. It's not normal. And I just say to the person, hey, hey, Manny, you know what? It sounds like this is kind of new for both of us. Let's, let's figure out how can we co-create on something like this. And to me, that's kind of how maybe the numbers thing worked out for that as well. I just thought it was interesting. And again, I'm going to let it play out. I just want to see how this is going to unfold to see where our next conversation is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that I also came across, I was reading, I can't remember exactly what I was reading, but a lot of people try to rest on their successes mm -hmm. and their accolades i guess we're the best builder we have this award that award they're leading with that and i just find it's weird I, I find it's weird that you're telling me that you're amazing you're perfect because you're not in my eyes that's why when someone's trying to sell me and the first thing they're telling yep. me is how big they are how many employees they have how many jobs they've done how many awards they won i don't care about any of this stuff is that wrong of me to not care about any of that stuff no because that's just natural yeah. Now, it's natural for the prospect not to care <clears throat> when somebody comes across like that saying how big, how good I am, look how pretty, whatever. Um, you're selling somebody then. And it's not about selling somebody. It's finding out about them. And, and this will hurt because you could be the best tiler. You could be the best roofer, the best framer. You could be the best out there for, yeah, absolutely. The prospect you're speaking to at this time doesn't care. What it's they care, soon. what they soon. care about their, their, you know, what they want to do. They care about what they want to build, what their challenges are going to be, what their issues are. Uh, that's the important part for almost like ninety nine percent of the conversation. At the end, yeah, uh, they're going to talk about your services and what you can do. But the many many conversations before you get to that, you want to find out about them. They don't care about you. That hurts, but they don't. But it's a reality. But yes. a lot of people, I, I'm going to say a lot of people in construction use that. And then they're offended by that. Then they don't want to deal with that lead. And then they give up on that lead, right? Um, 
I don't know why they want to do that. I, I, I say that facetiously because I yeah. know why they want to do that yeah. because they, they want to make themselves, honestly, they're just making themselves feel good. What's the, what's that stat? There's a stat where like it's, um, by the time you give up after second or third try, oh. uh, there's a percentage, a large percentage of people actually don't ever get the sale because they gave up after a second, third try. It actually took until the ninth or 10th try to get it. And that's the small percentage of salespeople that actually are successful and got the, the sale. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact stat, yeah, but, I don't know but exactly. actually most people, many uh, give up at the first try. Really, yeah? Most give up at the first, very few go to the second or third, but it usually takes about the fifth. That much, eh? Yeah. But then, even if we know this information, it, does that persuade us, or does that get us back into our truck and go, oh, this ain't going to work? I think if you're on your own, it's very easy to get into that mindset, is I'm not going to do that. I don't know, Manny, maybe you could tell me, do, do most of the people in the trades use CRM systems, customer relation management systems? Yeah. No, okay. That would be something to take a look at because then what, the, the other thing is if, if you do one try, maybe two tries, you, most times you'll forget. Okay. So if you use a customer CRM system, what you do is you just say, I'm talking to this prospect. So if uh, Manny, if you're my prospect, I'll put you into my CRM. We have our first conversation or we didn't really connect right away. I'll put you and I'll say, I'll call Manny again in a week and a half. I, so, I've done that. I do that. Yeah. Right. So if, I've got the whole chart and I yeah. fill it all out and yeah. phone call, text message, email, dates, and everything's associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part is that is some people think that if I called this person that they, they didn't get back to me, that they don't care. It's well, not true. Well, that is you're correct. It is not true because people are busy these days. Yeah. So uh, case in point, um, it was last almost a year ago, January, I was contacted. Uh, somebody saw me on my website. Uh, CEO contacted me. Um, Kim, can you give me a call? Gave him a call. Didn't answer. Sent him an email. Didn't answer. Called again. Didn't answer. Sent another email. Didn't get back to me. He hasn't said no to me yet, so I'm going to keep going at it. So my, my thing is, until somebody says no, uh, I'm, I'm, there's still fair game for me. I forget exactly for this person, but it was probably around the fifth or the sixth time I phoned him. He picked up the phone. He says, Kim, thanks so much for being persistent. I've been really busy. So that's the beginning now. Yeah. But it's not the end. No. But it would have been the end for most people with the first call. The because call. they wouldn't have called back. He said, oh, I called the guy back. He didn't call me back. And they move on. Yeah. It's so he was at least five times, different you know, phone calls, emails, back and forth. But he thanked me. He said, thanks for being persistent. So if I could also add this into when you're trying to prospect, be persistent. I'm not sure, many if you've said that in some of your messages or not when you're talking I have, about passion. Yeah. But it's, it's just, I find it ironic that you're dealing with a, a, a group of people that are so tough with the skill part of it. Mm -hmm. They're such, you know, they're persistent with that, trying to solve how to build, how to figure that out. But when it comes to the sales part of it, they give up so quickly, so easily. Yeah, and it, interesting you mentioned that because you're talking about their, their skills and their in, in doing their trade. Confidence there. Yep. But there isn't confidence in sales. And that's what I teach and train is the skills in selling. So just, you, they've got skills here. Worlds. Two the, different worlds. It, yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, let, me, let me deal with a little history and construction here. This is actually interesting. Angelina got these stats here. Small business fun facts, U.S. data. 
28.2% of American workers had some uh, form of self-employment in 2019. The highest number of self-employed professionals, 19.6% work in the construction trades field. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30% of entrepreneurs only have high school degrees. 46% of small business entrepreneurs are between the ages of 41 and 56. I thought it was going to be less. Mm-hmm. Uh, middle-aged men with previous field experience have the highest odds of starting successful businesses. 62% of small businesses don't have any staff. 20% of small businesses fail within the first year. Mm-hmm. The number one uh, reason 42% why businesses fail is there's no market need. 29% of businesses fail due to lack of funds. 23% of businesses fail due to, to lack of chemistry and teamwork between employees. 79% of small businesses have outstanding debt. And 62% of small business owners use personal funds to deal with various financial challenges. That's all true. It it's, is. It's scary, but true. Uh, I'm just put a, put an umbrella under that. For most of the failures, it's they didn't plan well. They 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 had, and it goes back to that passion, Manny. Where I, I've got a passion to do something, whatever that is, I, electrician or whatever. Um, uh, I got a passion. I'm going to do it, and they start doing it, but they didn't plan for it. So you mentioned so many things. Their finances, they put their own money out to it. They didn't do any plan. They didn't um, properly create a uh, a budget for that. What that looks like, I don't know if your experience in the in the trades, Manny. But if you're going to start your own business, how long do you think that you should expect to not bring money home to your home? Is that one year, two years, or five years? You have to tell yourself this. And plan for it. Well, you have to calculate it. Yeah. But who does that? Mm, the majority don't. Small percentage does. And that's why you have failure. If, if you've got if you had a passion to do something and be persistent, I'd say plan out five years that you don't make a lot of money. But I've, if you're persistent... It will eventually happen. It, it will work. I've got a trade right now who's decided to leave the business and become a real estate agent. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's left for his own reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also has told himself, I'm giving myself the next year, year and a half. I can survive financially based on what I've worked on and what I have to basically, he's got to learn this other education now. He's got to learn how to be a real estate agent, yep. go through the whole testing, get all that stuff, learn the whole business. But he's willing to plan all that and get into it. And, mm-hmm. and he's already halfway through. Good. You know, good for him, and he's working on it. It's it's a shame that he's left the industry, but he's seen more opportunities somewhere else that he wants to go to. But he's definitely planned it. Yep. And that's why it's working, I think. I think if people just say, oh, hell, I'm going to leave this and go here, but then you have no plan to go where you're headed. I wanted to ask you about another situation of mine. Okay. <laughs> Do any more in the, on the stats part? No, those are all the stats right there that we have right now. Um, Yeah, so I have another situation where I've been trying to get a hold of a pretty big top dog in the industry um and i was trying trying and trying nothing then i tried something else and i noticed that he actually opened it and saw this proposal that i was kind of presenting but now it's just crickets again so it's quiet and i'm just trying to figure out what do i do now where okay so he's got a glimpse of what i'm talking about he doesn't have the whole picture how do I still keep on trying to present the rest of the picture, I guess? Without making you say too much about this. Yeah, because I'm keeping everything quiet. Um, so, so <laughs> Makes it harder for so, you. So, so you might want to think of these just in your mind as I'm saying this. Um, 
I'm, uh, I'm assuming possibly that there is maybe a, a challenge that this person has of what they're doing that you might be able to help them with. Interesting. Or is this okay. person fine without you? I think that they're fine without me, but they can benefit with me. Okay. Right. So, so here's where I would suggest is what I hear you're trying to do. You're trying to sell him on a proposal. Yes. So you're selling him. If there's some way that you can turn that around as in what would be maybe two to three challenges that, and I'll say challenges because I'm not sure of the story, yeah. challenges that this person might have that you're what you're proposing to him could help him and focus your message to this person, not on what you have, but what you could solve for him. Okay. So it's kind of twisting it around yeah, yeah, a little. Makes sense. So now approach my tactic, I guess, differently. Now that there is, now there's been a, a slight view in what I'm, I'm potentially selling here. Now approach it differently and, and look through his eyes on what he has seen about it. Yeah, so what would it that he would read in your message that says, Manny might help me with this? Got it, okay. That would attract him to say, I want to talk to Manny, as opposed to Manny trying to sell him something. So it's kind of a... No, I get well, it. Uh, I'll, I'll use an example then for myself. So again, I'm talking to somebody that might need my sales training. So I don't go and speak to somebody and say, hey, I'm Kim Pillar. I'm with Sandler Sales Training. I do this. These are my four different pro programs, and I'm really good at what I do. Um, what I do is I approach somebody, and I'd say, um, hey, uh, Manny, nice to meet you today. You know, pretty well most people that I work for have three different challenges today. Uh, prospecting, not getting enough new clients, uh, just a heck of a lot of discount, discounting. I, I don't know, I'm just really kind of stuck in that. I think I feel that if uh, people aren't gonna take my business, I just throw 10% on the, off on the table right away. Um, does, it, does that resonate with you? Do you have any of those issues? So I'm talking to you as in a owner, a salesperson. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not talking about my sales training. I'm talking about the issues that you might have. Prospecting, not getting enough new clients. Um, I'm speaking with one new prospect. They actually have 20 sales reps. The big thing for them right now, what resonated was when I asked the VP of sales, I said, what about discounting? Are they discounting? Oh, big time right now. I said, okay, let's talk further. What does that look? And then I say, what does that look like in your world? Because I have no idea. So I'm still not talking about training or what I do. I want to find out what's happening in their world. So again, the same thing if I'm speaking with a contractor and they say, you know, prospecting, I just, you know, I'm not getting enough new clients right now. I'd say, what does that look like? What's your prospecting activities look like today? I guess the other thing too is with tradespeople, not only that you got the job and you're doing the scope and you're doing the work, it's a matter of keeping the job and securing the next job. Yes, like tough. It's tough. Do we as people in this industry just keep on reducing? Like we don't focus on, or we're not aware, I guess, of realizing that we should still be top-notch, doing top-level quality, delivering, being a salesperson for ourselves, presenting what we're all about, because that's going to secure future employment, right? Yep. But they just, they figure since I got over that one hurdle and I got the job to begin with, I'm good. I'm free and clear. But that's not the case, right? We would call that uh, 
probably the, the biggest thing that's lacking for most companies, and I certainly see that for the trades, is that uh, we just call it a prospecting funnel. Okay. You always have to have prospects coming into the top of the funnel because at the bottom you only got one or two coming out. You can never rest on the laurels that I've got a really good job now. I'm going to be here for about two or three months and then stop prospecting. Can't. You, you will, that, that's a guaranteed failure. But that's also, that goes the same for tradespeople working for a GC or tradespeople working for a company. Uh, yep. Because that's, that's going to stop. That's going to stop one day, right? But that you should also, it's not that you're trying to burn a bridge or whatever. You're just trying to keep everything open so you have more prospects. Yep. How did we do that? That's a mindset thing? That's just... Oh, it, it's a mindset, certainly. We, I'd call it in Sandler, it's a behavior and an attitude. And it's also a skill set. So the attitude is... I need to change somebody's attitude that it's okay to prospect. It's okay to call somebody. The behavior is when am I going to do that? How often am I going to do that? And the technique is how do I actually do that? So if I get Manny on the, on the phone or if I'm speaking to Manny at, at, his, uh, at, at your home, how do I have that conversation with Manny? So there, we look at three different things in Sandler. What's somebody's attitude towards something? What's somebody's behavior towards it? And the technique to actually do it. So I keep going back to the skill set and the job that most of us in the industry are so good at. And then if you start exercising, as most people start exercising as they get older, and it's just you keep on doing the same exercises, and that's how you get better. 10 push-ups today, 20 push-ups tomorrow, so on and so on. But we can't do the same for sales. For whatever reason, the majority of us can't do it. We just, what is the repetitive action that we need to do every single day, even though we're on the job site? Let's say we've got mm -hmm. the work and we're secure and we've got secure work for the next six months and it's all good. Should we get lazy for those six months? We're still focused on the skill part of it, yep. but we're definitely giving up on the sales part of it. What is it that I can do or they can do on a daily basis to constantly remind us that you're not out of the woods yet? You know, you still have to look for these prospects. You still, like on month one, even though you have work until month six, you should still be doing something on month one to guarantee you work for month seven, right? First of all, anybody listening to this show today, that's number one, awareness. Okay. Just awareness that, you know what? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Manny. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, I need a prospect. I need to do that on a, on a regular basis. Thanks for throwing the tip out there today. How better can I do this? Block it in your calendar. So write it down. Put it Part in, of your put, life. Put it in your phone and whatever that looks like, it's going to be, and I'll just throw out, Wednesdays at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to put an hour into prospecting. Uh, years ago, I knew somebody, uh, uh, they were in construction, and uh, he prospect every Sunday. Every phones, Sunday. Phones, emails, or whatever? He was, back then, it was phones. phones okay. right. <laughs> back then, it was phones, but he had a small uh, GC company. Um, he looked after all his own equipment. Uh, he had everything, but he did everything on his own, had a small crew. But on Sundays, uh, he had a little home office, and probably for about three, four hours, he was on the phone talking, digging up business for the next few weeks. But Kim, it's such a pain in the ass, man. Well, like for an hour to make... 10 calls or make 10 emails. It's a pain in the ass. How successful do you want to be? I know. I know. That pain will just grow uh, if you're not doing it. You'll, you'll always complain about not enough money. Yeah. Uh, I can't do this for the family. I can't do that for the family. I'm always struggling. I'm always looking for the next client. I'm always looking for the next dollar. Uh, if you make it a routine and you really learn the skill set really well, you will have a successful business. It is a habit that you have to get into. It's a tough one, though. 
Especially for trades. Uh, describe tough. Yeah, that's true. It's different levels of it. But yep. I just find uh, they're, they're disappointing when it comes to the sales part. They're very positive when it comes to the work part. And that that's so many businesses out there, not just the trades. No, I know. I, you apply the same way. Everybody I talk to, they got a passion for what they started. They hate sales. So just rip off the Band-Aid, set a date every every single week, pick it, sit down there for an hour, tell yourself you're going to send out 10 emails, you're going to make 10 phone calls, just start like that. Connect with people on LinkedIn, like what you do. You're yeah. on Instagram all the time. Yeah. So what do you need to do that? Uh, again, look at they, they should look at the people that follow you, the people that are out there on a regular basis. Uh, whatever they, they need to do that and just keep on keep on yep it's a habit it's an attitude it's a behavior and learn the technique and do it all the time or your business will struggle what are some of the negative things that you're seeing when you're talking to people at first and they come at you are they coming at you with the same problems in any business not necessarily just construction but are they like you can read their body language you can speak to them you can figure out and they're, they're almost acting the same way I don't know if I'm answering your question the right way, but the first thing that comes to me is, again, it just goes down to, Manny, that people don't like the sales function. They don't want to be a part of that. Yep. So it's always, I can always tell when they're talking to me, they don't like it. And it's almost to the point where they know what I do, but they don't, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to talk to Kim. It's like they're giving into something because they think that they need to sell. They think that they need to kind of go down that road of being unethical, pushy, sleazy, whatever. And I, again, I'm very open right off the bat. I say, I will teach you how not to sell. And they say, again, what does that look like? And then I go back into that. We're just going to learn how to do a business conversation. And remember, they don't care how good you are. <laughs> so it's just really communication at that point. Absolutely. Uh, questioning strategies. Yeah. You're going back to that. Yep. But nobody does that these days. Uh, it's because that's mostly how they're not taught. I blame the sales industry for that. If you read all the books out there, most of the books say, be a good closer, close early, close fast. It's like burn those books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. But honestly, that's not the way that you want to sell. Is it a right or wrong? I don't think it's a right or wrong. It's just you have to realize if you want to sell somebody fine, you're selling somebody. Why don't you learn a different way where you have a business conversation? If they buy your product, great. If they don't, that's great too. It's just that at the end of the day, they didn't need it. It's interesting. Okay. You wanted to share, uh, you've got a program coming up? Yeah, I've got a um, good time of the year. Uh, boy, I, I don't know where this year went to, Manny. We're in wow. December already here. I'm already seeing 2024. Yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for pulling that up on the screen. I'm doing a goal uh, setting goal planning strategy session on December 21st. Um, I do have a couple of, uh, I was going to do uh, some seats here in VentureX, but they're all taken right now. So, okay. so I'm full here, but I, again, with virtual, I can take as many people. But if you're interested in uh, coming to the goal setting, send me an email. Uh, I'll hook you up to the Zoom and the calendar meeting. Uh, there is no charge for this. It's a two-hour session on the 21st from 11 a.m. to uh, 1 p.m. Uh, I'll send out some uh, sheets ahead of time so that you can follow through and actually write down uh, some planning exercises, but uh, would love to have you attend. And this will be a little bit of uh, work, but also personal. Uh, you know, we always say that we've got to separate work and personal. Yeah. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur and most things, it doesn't work that Lord. way. So it'll be uh, a combination of uh, your own personal. Just let you know, 
as I say that, you're just writing this down yourself. You're not sharing, you, you know, your goals with anybody else. Yeah. So this is you working on your own stuff. I'm just guiding and facilitating you through a process to set some some goals. The other thing that people think, oh, goals, you know, uh, what happens if I write the wrong goal? Uh, big deal, change it. It's on a piece of paper. Scratch it out. Right, they're still nervous down. about trying to write down anything. Just, just write down whatever comes to the top of your head, and that's what I like about a facilitated process like this. I'll guide you to think, and I don't want you to overthink it. It's like what comes to the top of your head first. Write it down. Work from that. How many are you ask them to put? Like how many? Oh, it's not really going to be that. Maybe eight. Hmm. You've done this before, haven't you? This, yes. Yeah, with yep. other classes, right? Yep. And then okay, so and then. Uh, has it been successful in the past? Everybody loves it. Yeah? Yeah. It opens their eyes and, and they start realizing things and going from there. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because most people don't set goals. Nobody does. But they think that they want to set goals. Uh, most people set a goal for January. I'm going to go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, they go for the first week and then they drop out. Yeah. So this is a lot more in-depth than going to the gym. Your January should be tomorrow. <laughs> Your January should be today. It's yeah. just that's, that's how it should be, right? Yeah. Is it better to just start having a journal and just writing down everything and just going from there? But I guess digital age, you grab your phone and start putting it into your notes. Or Depends on the kind of journaling that you're speaking about. I actually journal every day, and it's, it's my thoughts. When do you review it? Uh, every morning. Every morning review it, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the reason why I say that, there, there is a science behind when you're journaling and thinking about, you know, the future goal setting, what you did today, what you want to do tomorrow, your personal thoughts. Um, there's science that says that as you think about it, but you actually write it down, it makes much more of a connection to you, makes it more worthwhile. And then when you review it as well. Yep. You Kind yeah, of get it back. Yeah, that, that mind thinking and actually physically writing it down as opposed to punching it into your phone. I agree. Uh, but everybody in today's digital age, I'm just trying to figure out that everyone's always stuck to their phone. I, 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 yeah, I, I run into that and I'd say, great, but for this purpose, get a, get a book, get a piece of paper, just write it. Buy a moleskin and just do that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit OBC talk here. Smoke alarms in dwelling units. At least one smoke alarm is required in each floor, or sorry, each story and mezzanine, each sleeping room. These are all new codes. A location between the sleeping rooms and the remainder of the story. For example, the hallway serving the rooms. Smoke alarms must be installed on or near the ceiling. Be wired together to activate at once. Be installed with a permanent connection to electrical circuit. Have no disconnect switch between the overcurrent device and alarm have battery backup for at least seven days smoke alarm sound patterns must meet uh the temporal patterns of alarm signals or be a combination of temporal pattern and voice relay smoke alarms must have a visual signaling component with a luminous intensity uh, minimum of 175 cbs this component does not have to be integrated with the smoke alarm or interconnected that's the flashing part yeah, you know that all smoke alarms have strobes on them now mm -mm. that's that's code now they're all, uh, they're great. They're, they're strobe lights that blind you in the middle of the night when you're trying to get out of your house because there's a fire going on. And not that you'd fall down the stairs or anything. I say it's an 80s video from, you know, like a nice techno kind of 80s mm -hmm. music video. That's the kind of feel that it's going to be. Kim, where are we going from now, man? I want to... I want to try to share more information to these tradespeople out there that are doing so many wrong things. 
I, you know, if anybody has any uh, particular questions uh, for me, uh, please give me a call. Um, my number is 416-899-6388. I don't think I put it on the oh, paper Oh, you didn't there. put it on there, but yep. yeah, and you also got your yep. email. Which Share the email. Dot. Yeah. yeah, certainly reach out. Uh, I talk to people all the time. Um, just give little tidbits. If somebody's interested in actually looking what a program looks like, uh, I'll talk to them. I have different types of programs I do. Might fit, may not fit. Again, I'm perfectly honest. I may not be the person that they actually need but with that said uh, I have other people that focus on different parts of the sales part of the uh, in in that function um, I don't maybe somebody needs uh, more of how to set up a, a compensation plan or something like that uh, I can direct people to uh, to coach for that as well why did you get into sales training oh I love sales I'm a geek really yeah, yeah. challenge I, I think part of it was a challenge um, my story is I started off working with my mom and dad in a small family business. Uh, I said to my mom and dad when I started, I said, there's one thing I won't do. Guess what that was? Sell somebody. I won't sell. <laughs> For that very fact, I thought I had to be slimy and sleazy. I said, I'm not going to do it. But within six months of working with my mom and dad, I said, uh, I said, oh, Kim, Kim needs to make more money. Uh, the only way I could do it was actually to go out and sell. Actually, when I went out and sold, my very first person that I uh, called on as a client and sold something, I said, I didn't have to be slimy or sleazy. I just had a conversation with them. And I stayed in sales ever since, and that was in the 80s. Has the tactic changed so much over the time? Because we've heard of the sleazy salespeople, yep. the tin men or whatever it yep. is, right? Like you just try to sell whatever, just sell, 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 get it out there. Like you said, the always be closing kind of mentality. Has it changed? Uh, it's, it's, a, um, uh, it's a model. It's a type. You could learn to do that, and you can learn to do it really well, and you can be successful. You just have to realize you're selling somebody. And you might sell somebody that actually does not require your product or service. And does that make you feel good? For some people, they don't care. They just say, I, I just made another 50000 I made 10 bucks. I made 100000 That's all that they care about. I teach care. Don't sell somebody. Find out if it works. And if you get a client, you'll have a much better client. Um, and part of that, you know, sometimes in trades, you get a, a client that is your worst enemy. Maybe it's because you sold them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because you, you, you desperately needed that money. So it was just kind of, you know what, I'm going for this sale. I'm going to get it for whatever. And then, you know, a week, two weeks, two months into it, you say, this is a nightmare. It's kind of funny how a lot of tradespeople are always complaining that um, clients don't think that we have our own personal lives, we have our own family, we have our own lives going on, right? Yep. And But yet, all of a sudden, they turn around and they try to sell the client. And they don't realize that you shouldn't be trying to sell the client. You should be trying to figure out who the client is and what they want. So you should be paying attention to their family, their needs, their yep. personal lives, and focus on that instead of focusing on your sale. Absolutely. And if you do that, that'll come back on you where they'll focus on you in the same way. Yeah, as as in you focused on their, on their best wealth, they will focus on yours as well. D does it happen all the time? No. But no. You'll, have a, you'll have a greater chance of it, though. Yeah, sometimes some people just aren't nice. <laughs> Welcome to construction. Have you been in construction? Uh, I don't know what else, what else do I want to know, Kim. What else do you want to talk about? Um, just I'll just say, Manny, that uh, sales are okay. Uh, there's not a business in the world that has not started or been in business without a sale happening. So uh, 
there's got to be a sale of the product. Um, just be comfortable how you sell. Uh, don't try to sell somebody, create a business conversation, make sure or just realize they don't really care about you. You have to care about them, ask a lot of good questions. And at the end of the day, it's a business decision. And if they say no, it was because of a good business decision. Trying to get sales, is that the opportunity for every person to just practice trying to get sales? Or do you just practice another way? You practice on your friends, you, try, you practice on your coworkers, you practice on them instead of practicing on prospects? Um, just, first of all, just say, find somebody like myself, first of all, to teach you a system. Yeah. Uh, so whether or not it's me or somebody else out there that teaches a good system of how to create a business conversation, that's number one, find a coach, find somebody that can train you to do it the right way. If hopefully in that training, I actually go through the coaching myself so they don't have to practice on their, their, their siblings or anybody like that. That's what we do in our training classes. We learn the, the techniques, the, the behaviors, the attitudes in our classes, and we practice, we do role plays there so that when you do go out into the field, uh, you're ready to go. You am. Yeah, are you going to slip up sometimes? Yeah, of I, course. I, I do it every now and then. You know, I hang up the phone and I just say, oh, Kim, that was stupid, what you say that for? But you learn from that and you go on to the next call. But uh, yeah. Yeah, but also the same thing that when you do get a client that says, I'm not interested, no, goodbye, don't think that's the end of the world, right? You're just trying to find another prospect now, start all over again, and then try to get that one. Absolutely. That's why you need that, as you said, that funnel. Yeah. You need a lot of, lot of numbers up there to call. And then at the same time, Manny, if somebody says, hey, you know what, this, this is just a no for whatever reason, my thing is just say, do you want me to call you back in three months? Just keep it open. Yeah, do you want, do you want, yeah, and you can even just say that. Do you want me to keep this open and call you back in three months? Again, most people say to me, yeah, Kim, it's, not, it's just not going to work right now for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, give me a call back in three or four months. Do you do a constant follow-up and just go, hey, what's up? How's it going? I haven't spoken to you in a bit. And I was just thinking about this, thinking about that. Just try to get it opened up again before then, or do you wait until the whole term comes up and they say, get back to me in about four or five months? If they say four or five months, I'll call them a month before. Okay. Yeah. So I usually, if they say three months, it'll be like, I'll call in two and a half months. Uh, but my, my communication back to them is whatever their issues or challenges were, that's how I open up the conversation. So, so it could be, hey, Manny, you know, just checking back again. Uh, last time we spoke, your challenges was prospecting, not getting enough new clients, and your team was discounting. Is that still an issue? And you've made those notes on those Yep, I know exactly what his issues are. I don't want to get into a conversation of, hey, Manny, you know, it's been like three months, been a great winter, I did some skiing, what did you do? Yeah, 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 no, 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 you're no, selling, no. that's your selling. Yep. I just want to say, are these still issues, do we need to talk? Because it's a business conversation. Yeah, it's a business relationship that you're trying to start. Yep. So you want to solve problems for them. They want to see what you're offering. It's nothing about my training. Do you still have an issue? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep. Cool. And the other thing is uh, somebody might get back to me and say, hey, yeah, you know what, Kim, thanks for getting back to me. It's actually even worse. Because you then, never know. Yeah, and I just say, uh, so if I'm assuming he's going to want to have my business now, I, I don't know that because now it's been two and a half, three months. So, uh, so it's like, and then I just open up again and say, wow, Manny, what does that look like? How do you tackle follow-ups? Like, or not follow-ups. You've already secured a client, you did a job for them, everything's good, It's some time has passed, and you want to just try that again, see if that works, or maybe they're reaching out to you again. How do you treat them? Do you treat them differently, or do you still try to problem solve and figure out what they're going on, and, 
and deliver what they want? Actually, it's a great question, Manny, because it's actually part of the Sandler system as at the end when I, when I have secured a client and then we're closing it out, um, it's, we call that post-sell. Okay. And in the post-sell, I will actually set it up of how can we communicate later? So they already know that I'm going to get checked back in with them and what I'm going to be looking for and might be even asking them. So um, yeah, it's just part of the whole system. Uh, yeah, I don't think that all of a sudden you got the sale, it's done. But no, it's not done. Yep. Follow up because the thing is you're following up and you're trying to connect on a second sale, but they might introduce you to another prospect. Absolutely, yeah. Which again, boy, you're hitting on so many things here, Manny. Because <laughs> uh, we're all going through this. That's the thing. Nobody asks for referrals. Now I don't know about do they never do and they and they always find it. That's the other thing. They always find it a challenging to ask a client that you've pleased, that you delivered, that you did an amazing job for their family for a referral or for a review or for some sort of thank you or something like that on a, on a digital platform that could potentially get you another lead. So as we talk about attitude, there's an attitude, something that they're thinking that they don't ask for the referral. Everybody's a little different. Okay. But I'll ask them, just say, Manny, you, you're telling me you, you don't, you're not asking for referrals. Why not? So I want to find out what is that about you? It might be, honestly, it could go something way back into your childhood about something that happened. And I'll just say, well, really? No. Just, and then to actually ask for a referral, this is so easy. Manny, been really great working with you on this project here. Can you think of anybody else that uh, you might be able to refer to me? Bingo, you did it. You asked. It's done. It's asked. It's just that easy. Better to do it in a phone call or in an email? Oh, I, I, I love face-to-face. -face. Phone calls, right? Or face-to-face. -face. If you can do face-to-face. -face. I, I love face-to-face. -face so stalk the individual and then show up wherever they go and then ask them face-to-face, -face, right? Yeah. Phone calls, <laughs> phone calls next best, but I love face-to-face. Yeah. -face. And in today's environment, a phone call maybe more often, but I love face-to-face -face meetings. Try to avoid, I guess... Email, email, text, get rid or of it. whatever. Yeah, Tra trash it. You need to have that verbal conversation back and forth. But everybody's on this digital platform; they're always responding. Phone us. I know they'll pick up. It's true, especially if you work for them. You've done work for them. Yep, they're in your phone. You're in your contacts, so then you'll recognize number and you talk I, to them. I can tell you, if I ever pick up the phone, I see Manny there. I'm picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably one of two, maybe. That's it, man. <laughs> Kim, this has been great, man. Honestly, thanks so much for having me back. I want to. I want to do the questions again. I want to do the twelve questions for you, so then we can get them on camera because we did them on audio. But I definitely want to do them on camera. So you ready for this? I think I know. Actually, that. let me. Yeah, you. Yeah, you remember them. So <laughs> let me tell everybody again. Triple W dot. Or sorry, triple W Kim Pillar dot Sandler at dot com, and it's Kim dot Pillar at Sandler dot com. His email and then his Instagram is Kim underscore Pillar. Sales training training for Sandler uh, sales training. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Construction word. Oh, construction word. Help. That's the first one. <laughs> what is your least favorite construction word? Oh, no. What turned you on in construction? Uh, seeing the finished product. What turns you off in construction? Mistakes. What's your favorite curse word? We don't swear. I'm, tr I'm trying to get past this to ones that we don't swear anymore. Dang. Dang. That's a swear word. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? You know what? I don't have one, but I'm going to say a pickup truck. What kind of pickup truck? Uh, geez. Well, it's either Ford, GM, or Dodge. Yeah, I'm going to say Dodge. Or you could be really different and be Nissan or Toyota. No, I was going to go for a Dodge, <laughs> big Dodge Ram. Um, uh, 
least favorite vehicle in the world? Uh, 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 Pinto. Classic, though, in beige. <laughs> uh, what construction <laughs> sound or noise do you love? Oh, do I love? Oh, I'm going to say the hammer. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Uh, a saw, bandsaw. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Construction. Really? Ah. Come on in. I'm getting out. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Banking. Yeah, that's a tough one. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? You're finally here. Kim, man, it's always a pleasure to see you, even though I saw you like yesterday and the day before, and I see you all the time. No, it's great. Thanks so much, Kim. Honestly, it's always a pleasure to chat with you about business. It's always I learn something all the time. Uh, picking your brain and just talking business. And it is, uh, I think, it, deep down, it's just insecurity and fear that us naturally all have. Yep. Doesn't matter if you're a contractor or a tradesperson or anything like that. We just have it. But stop trying to sell yourself. Start trying to understand them. Uh, number one. That's it, right? Yep. So thank you. And everybody, www.kimpillar.sandler.com and kimpillar at sandler.com and on Instagram, kim underscore pillar. Thank you, Angelina. We're out of here. Thank you, guys.